Welcome to episode 181 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the repeat time edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew, I'm your host, and I'm back with my co-host, the computer genius, uh, an iRacing Indy 500 champion, a gentleman, a scholar, and the number one Jacksonville Jaguars fan that I know. Uh, his name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, brother? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm back. Um back from vacation so glad to be back on um of course a lot of things repeating repeat winner in cup series um i guess repeat winner coming back to the cup series this weekend shane van ginzenberg uh kyle kirkwood repeating uh as a winner this year so uh in indycar so yeah a lot of a lot of things to get into um and yeah definitely uh excited to be back on Yep, and uh, thanks to Joe Passero for uh, filling in. Uh, as always, uh, being a good friend and being a for even with all the technical sh- crap that was going on for both of us, especially on his end, we were able to get the show out and do that last week in Josh's absence. But now the crews, the regular crews, back together. As uh, Josh mentioned, Kyle Kirkwood gets a second win of 2023 on a street course. As well, after winning at Long Beach, Christopher Busher getting two wins in a row, uh, holding off to MTJ, and MTJ announces he's going to come back next year. Um, Noah Gagson repeats being a moron and an imbecile, and uh, actually is going to pay the price for it. It probably means, I mean, other than the fact he wrecks every week and his tailback, now he's karma is going to hit him in the face and uh he won't have a cup ride next year uh so we'll get into that uh, we talk about people who had repeats there's a certain seven-time champion that had five in a row and his crew chief in jim johnson and chad canaus and both those guys are elected into the nascar hall of fame along with donnie allison we can we'll get on we'll go on uh talk about that and who maybe could have gotten in not really in the modern ballot but the whatever the secondary ballot and uh we'll also talk about john hunter fifth win of 2023 um even with the aggro that he has with his teammates including keebler gibbs uh that took place earlier in the race after i mean after he shit on his teammates which basically was shitting on connor mozak at Road America for being Connor Mozak. And, um, I mean, what is it? Gustine was yelling at Connor Mozak on Friday at the Arca race. So I guess it must be a thing for that guy to just be a battering ram, whatever car he's in. Uh, get into SRX from Berlin last weekend, or last Thursday night. And uh, that was Kyle Busch again. Gets the victory a little bit more compelling i guess this this past week and then it'll be on the dirt for the last two races of the season gonna have some uh interesting characters coming in for the next two weeks and we'll get into moto gp moto 2 imsa wrc maybe indy next anthony wayne stewart won a regional at uh reading so basically the closest drag strip there is to me these days and so um has the national points lead and the regional points lead in his division so he has a chance of winning two championships in the alcohol dragster class uh of course preparing trying to win at indy which of course for tony wasn't has never been easy 
Uh, it took him a very long time to do it. So I know that he wants to win at IRP uh, on Labor Day weekend, and that's really what counts the most in all drag racing. We'll get into some training camp and uh, fantasy discussion since uh, football is finally getting started. The preseason will start officially for all the other 30 teams here uh, this week. And um, had a little New York Bretts or Aarons against the, uh, was it the uh, Browns? Yeah, the Browns last week. And some Dorian something or something or another won the game for Cleveland, so good for him. Everyone should go and pick him up in fantasy um, when uh, Deshaun Watson gets suspended again for being an idiot, too. Um, we'll preview the IndyCar Gallagher Grand Prix, the second race at the IMS Road Course. Hopefully the last time they'll run two races at the IMS Road Course. And uh, the Cup and Xfinity will also race there. Hopefully that's the last time the Xfinity Series races on the IMS and Cup races on the IMS road course. And uh, they send the Xfinity back to IRP with the trucks and bring back the Brickyard 400 the way it was, just in time for the 30-year anniversary next year. Uh, big names going to be in that, including, as Josh mentioned, Shane Van Gisbergen making his second start in Cup along with uh, his title rival this year in the supercars category, Brody Kostecki. Uh, he'll be making his cup debut, along with former Formula One driver and world endurance champion and Lamar winner, the guy who runs the Toyota, uh, Toyota hypercar program. Uh, he's the essentially the team principal or manager or whatever is Kamuya Kobayashi, and he's going to be running a third 2311 car this weekend so that's i mean that's just insane right there those three names and then add former formula one world champion jensen button back for his last uh, run of 2023 uh in the 15 car so that's just a little bit of flavor for the pennzoil 200 a 42 car field for xfinity trucks will be starting their their uh playoff here this weekend uh friday night at IRP, so uh, we'll make our picks for who will get into the final four, and um, for the of course we'll make picks for the race and and all, but we'll also make our predictions for who will get to Phoenix in three months' time, since their final race will be in three months. Um, and then Josh will get into all things i racing and gaming in the sim segment. We'll get on with the day and we'll go on to next week so let's start with uh indycar kyle kirkwood utilized uh, the strategy kind of fell in favor of kyle kirkwood and brian herta they uh called a good race and even though there were probably other cars that had a good had good pace like scott mclaughlin uh like alex Pillow you know, New Garden, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, in the end, those three guys were the dominant uh, figures. Uh, you had Grosjean led for a couple of laps there, but really it was Kyle Kirkwood and Scott McLaughlin, who, and McLaughlin started on pole, finished second in this race last year. And uh, cautions and uh, late race cautions, because it was the cleanest race at Nashville ever, 
Uh, two races prior has been carnage. This race, it took until almost the end of the race for anything to happen. There was only one one actual yellow in the first 70 laps of the race, and that was a failure uh, fire and a rear wing failure on uh, David Malukas's 18 car and taking him out of after getting into the Firestone Fast 6. So brutal uh, luck for him there. And um, But otherwise, very clean race, typical kind of IndyCar fair. You know, you would you have your typical issues with uh, um, Benjamin Peterson. You have your issues with Stingray Rob, but he actually finished. He actually finished in the top 20 and on the lead lap, no less. So that's better than usual for him. But and and Linus Lundquist ended up having the fastest lap, filling in for Simon Pagano in his IndyCar debut. He has a solid qualifying effort, but he didn't have gets into the Firestone Fast 12, didn't have soft tires to use in the Fast 12, so he didn't get to advance further. Was running well, probably could have gotten a top 10 finish, and but had mechanical issues late, or had an issue he hit the wall there, I think, but it says he had contact. He has 60 internal 11. Yeah, that was basically the first mistake he made all weekend, and uh, unfortunately came there late in the race, but he ran way better than that. Uh, I think that's a precursor of things to come. He will be in the car again this weekend. First, Simon Pagano. Uh, it's got all the feelings of Kurt Busch right now uh, going on for Simon Pagano uh, here this year, unfortunately. But while Linus Lundquist, the defending uh, Indy Next champion, made his debut, a former Indy Next champion, guy who's gone through the whole entire road of Indy, in his second full season in IndyCar has, uh, I think, established himself as someone that we're going to have to look at on the in the long haul. Second win of his career. Both of them have been on street courses. The Andretti Autosport team has had pace all year on street courses. Only twice they've closed, and he's been the guy that's closed the door. Kyle Kirkwood is bringing the heat, Josh, and uh, holding off. Scott McLaughlin, who's battling for a championship and essentially holding off the you know, the top four guys in the championship uh, in the process to go and win that race. Um, I mean, he's not going to win the championship this year, of course, but at least he's establishing himself as somebody that we're going to have to look at uh, as years go go on here in the IndyCar series. Yeah, don't forget the heat, like Michael Andretti said in those buttered ball or whatever commercials with Ryan Hunter Ray many years ago and Cal Kirkwood definitely didn't forget the heat this past weekend of course um yeah a bit of a interesting one here um of course last couple of years like you said Nashville uh crash fest but this year yeah fairly clean um and they actually ran uh at an earlier time uh which I wonder if that I mean maybe that factored into it the heat um in the you know top of the top of the day running in a slicker track and everything and drivers having to be more careful and everything but um yeah i mean it was definitely a you know from that perspective uh, only four yellows really only three when you count the first one um being the start waved off and everything but um yeah this race uh definitely you know had had a lot of ebb and flow in terms of strategy you know we saw kirkwood go on the alternates and i think that's what helped him um get uh get to the front uh going alternates after his first pit stop um and and pick up a, a lot of ground uh, after starting in eighth. 
So, you know, gets up there, gets up front. Uh, Pelot goes on the two-stop strategy, uh, and then the final caution kind of saved him there in terms of being able to make it in on, you know, save it on on fuel. So didn't have to worry about uh, those issues or anything like that. But, um, uh, you know, Kirkwood still pulls out the win. So uh, Pelot sees his uh, street and road course. Uh, Well, he already did that, but still gets a podium. So um, even with all of that, Pelot still finishes ahead of uh joseph newgarden there um so um you know as far as the championship goes uh Pelot, uh scored four more points this week than newgarden so extended just a little bit over uh newgarden so um still i think newgarden at his home race course i guess um got to be a little bit disappointed that he didn't gain uh on alex Pelot this week but i guess this is the best result there with uh you know newgarden finishing right behind him there but um yeah i think kirkwood you know uh now two wins uh both on street courses so um maybe going forward we have to um look for him on street courses of course uh was up there up front uh at the beginning of uh, the year at st petersburg and other street course so uh he's definitely got the talent and probably uh the best driver i mean right now of course in andretti autosport and maybe superseding colton herta i mean colton herta um was the guy a couple years ago, remember the first race here at Nashville, uh, had, uh, his issues and trying to win this race and didn't, and still hasn't really had anything since then. Uh, but, um, Kirkwood now, you know, two wins on the year. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe next year we'll see if, um, he's able to, uh, compete for the championship and be a guy that can compete, uh, and run top five in the title. So definitely think he's up there. Of course, um, I think we got to see a little bit more consistency out of Andretti as a team before we really put more uh, weight into that uh, prediction or uh, theory. So yeah, definitely a, um, you know, interesting Grand Prix, of course, uh, you know, with um, all, all that strategy happening, of course, and McLaughlin right there, of course. So, you know, his street course expertise right there as well. So uh, definitely had, uh, very competitive car as well or starting on pole but you know just didn't quite have the strategy gamble that kirkwood had and of course um you know he wasn't able to close in at the end but still yeah great result for uh, mclaughlin as well so yeah i mean this race you know definitely uh was more of a shoddy thing and you know compared to what we saw the last couple of years but yeah definitely uh think i like this and we'll say it's gonna be different next year i think with this uh course changing uh of course they're changing layout of the course and some parts of it being kept and then other parts of it going away still going over the bridge and kind of looks like a music note in a way so we'll see how that uh plays out and kind of a weird uh pit road as well so uh we'll see how this race comes out next year uh you know if drivers are more aggressive because it's an easier layout uh with mostly you know 90 degree corners uh left or right handers and going over the bridge we'll see how that uh takes place compared uh to you know what we've seen the last couple of years so we'll see if it gets more wilder for um better or worse or we see end up things like this past race where it's a lot more calmer and uh a lot more straightforward like you would expect yeah and with it being the season finale you're gonna there's gonna be a bit more urgency i would assume because uh you have a championship on the line. The IndyCar series generally has their championship decided in the final race in some way, shape, or form. 
uh, unlike other other um, methods of championships where they usually get uh, decided before or are manufactured like NASCAR. Uh, but for IndyCar, like Josh said, basically utilizing the bridge, both sides of the bridge, and then a parking lot, which will also house a weird pit road, and then Broadway, they're going to be going up. So that's going to be narrow. There's going to be a narrow part of the track is going up Broadway and through there. And um, so I'm not really sure. I mean, they're going to reduce the amount of passing zones for sure. It's not like there was that many passing zones to begin with. I think there's really been two passing zones there the whole time, which is on each end of the of, of the bridge there. So we'll see what happens with that. It's gonna There's going to be different level of urgency going there for the final race of the season. Um, and I would assume that that would be a perfect lead-in to football night in America. So that's probably what's going to end up happening. So they'll start the race a little later in the afternoon too, then starting at 12 noon uh eastern time alex polo leaves the race at nashville with an 84 point lead on joseph newgarden and then newgarden has uh three he has a 42 point lead on scott dixon so big gaps there and uh, McLaughlin is 16 points. Nine, yeah, 16 points behind Dixon. There's a, and then there you have the. Really, that's where it is at this point. The championship. I mean, the championship is right now essentially um, Alex Pillow versus Joseph Newgarden. Uh, Dixon would need a miracle run here in his last four races to get number seven basically you'd have to win all of them <laughs> and hope something uh, hope uh, like attrition comes down on below which happened a couple of years ago to make it somewhat interesting but in the end uh, alex below ended up winning the championship um new garden has the gateway that you venture to say not only is he the favorite he's won every oval this year but i think he's a likely there, I mean, he's already a favorite, but it's like more than likely he's going to win it. So, but they have to go to the Indianapolis road course first. Uh, you have the Arrow McLaren team that has not won at all this year, which is crazy. You have guys like Christian Lundgaard who has nothing to lose, and he's been really good at this uh, course. And you have people that are just going to be gambling, and it's usually a very... Um, mellow clean race because it's a very uh bland uh, track so its strategy was an issue was a deal at at uh, nashville we'll probably see that same kind of uh situation at indianapolis on saturday uh yeah so that's the points right there mclaughlin is fourth erickson fifth award willpower lundgaard kirkwood and herda the top 10 Alexander Rossi, nine points behind his former teammate there in 11th. Um, Kyle Kirkwood, Scott McLaughlin, Alex Pillow, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, the top five. In the race on Sunday, Grosjean, Erickson, Award, Lundgaard, and Power, the top 10. I think that's Elio Castroneves' best finish in, since he won the Indy 500 a couple of years ago. 
I mean, I don't even know. I, he might have had one top 10, but it, it's hard to remember if he's had a top 10 since he made his return. It has, he's not had much to show for it. Uh, the the Shank team actually had a little bit of pace. Like I mentioned, with Linus Lundqvist making the fast 12. And, um, yeah, qualified Dixon because Dixon crashed in qualifying on Saturday. So that was uh, the rare mistake for Dixon, too. You look at the rookie battle, Marcus Armstrong gains more ground on Augustin Canapino uh, while, uh, while you know, Lundquist probably stole a couple points there that he wouldn't have had uh, because he ran as well as he did. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Speaking, so another repeat winner. Uh, last week we talked about it with Christopher Busher getting uh, his what is third career cup series victory and his second on a short track. Well, now he has a fourth career victory, two wins in a row, two different types of racetracks. And the momentum is uh, in RFK's uh, court and in the 17 uh, garage or on in their box, because he's had, I think he's finishing the top 10 in every road course race since this car came along. He's won two races in a row, and and Brad has had a chance to win uh, more at Richmond than he did on Monday when they ran the majority of the race there. But Chris Buescher held off Martin Truex Jr. Didn't think that was going to be the case. Uh, the Toyotas, of course, were well out in front, had a lot of pace all weekend, but the, uh, that arrow issue and... Of course, now we're having the same problems that we had for God knows how many years about having, uh, you can't, once you get up to the front, you can't go and pass somebody. But it's Christopher, Christopher Busher gets uh, the win there, uh, leads 52 laps, which ended up being the most laps. And over Martin Truex Jr., won both stages, and led the second most laps. Dennis Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, still looking for that. Victory at home. Kyle Larson gets a top five finish at a track where he's won he, most races. He's won at one track in Michigan. Daniel Suarez finishes sixth. Ross Chastain seventh. So good run for track house. Suarez cuts into that gap uh, trying to get into the playoff. Kevin Harvick trying to get one last victory in Michigan. Ran top 10. Didn't really have the pace. Uh, Ryan Blaney ninth, and that Jones boy from Byron, Michigan, finished tenth. Keebler Gibbs was eleventh. Sindrick actually ran halfway decent. Christopher Bell crashed on Sunday. Uh, back there in the wall, they repaired the car, and he finished thirteenth. So credit to the twenty team, Adam Stevens, and that whole entire crew because usually when you go and crash a car. You're not supposed to come back and be able to run, let alone run well enough to finish on the lead lap and then finish 13th. But uh, I guess that car was really good. And Corey LaJoy was getting into it with uh, his buddy Ryan Blaney. Actually got a top 15 out of it. Bubba Wallace had good stages, led 21 laps. But as per usual, the 2311 crew fucked up. And uh, that led to him finishing 18th. We've got to go, and yeah, Tyler Reddick, he led, he had issues on pit road, and then hit the fence. He ended up uh, going and having 
two yeah three i'm trying to see he hit the fence i think because yeah there's or he had some other problem i guess but you know the there were people that were wrecking i mean kyle bush everybody talks about kyle bush having the greatest car controller one of being able to do that and he wrecked 14 laps into the race i mean there's been weeks like that for kyle bush this year which is rare but I think it's difference between what he was used to to being in this in a Chevy and all that. But William Clyde Elliott the second similar issue. Of course, he had a tire going down. Will Byron fencing it off of four and essentially putting himself in a hole to where he's not going to get the fifteen bonus points uh, for the regular season title now. Josh Berry filling in for Gagson Rex of the forty two car. Wasn't like it was going that fast to begin with. Alex Bowman was running running well. Looked like he had a chance. And then um, Wreck uh, on the back stretch, taking out both uh, Front Row Motorsports cars and uh, they're also the 14 car in the process. So I think, yeah, there is... Because they're all on that same lap, I'm going to work under the assumption that, yeah, the 45 was a part of that deal too. Cause, but... Either way, Chris Buescher gets the win, Josh. Two wins in a row. All of a sudden, his uh, playoff... I mean, he went from... You know, we were pretty sure he was going to make the playoffs because they've been super consistent this year. But now, two wins, 11 playoff points. Puts himself, once they do the reset, uh, three, four, five... He'll be in sixth as of uh, the points right now. So and giving himself a solid opportunity to at least advance two rounds uh, in the playoff, which I think would be an amazing season for Chris Buescher and RFK in general. Yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty amazing season so far for uh, Chris Buescher and uh, the RFK team. Look at where they were at just a couple of years ago and not really competitive at all. And then, you know, here comes Brad Keselowski and, um, making what you know we thought would be kind of a not necessarily a career ender move, but definitely would not have uh, as many opportunities to win, uh, you know, as he did at Penske. But now, uh, Chris Buescher, you know, after you know many years of driving, you know, really poor quality race cars, now the last two years has you know finally um, gotten into some really competitive rides uh, with. Uh, Roush rebuilding and everything and now um you know going to make the playoffs uh two wins in a row so you know it's definitely got a, a lot going for him and uh could be a sneaky like i said could be a, a sneaky contender for um the championship um you know especially with how um they've been running this year um there's a road course on the playoff schedule and you know we have a couple road courses coming up he's been pretty competitive there one at bristol last year as well so um there's always that opportunity um and he's you know he's been pretty good on the mile and a half as well so um yeah definitely a good uh good start to the year for Chris Busher and um now yeah of course getting second win which um you know I think that was a good battle there at the end of the race with Chris Busher versus Martin Truex Jr. Um, I think they both had really good cars. I think maybe Martin Truex was probably a little bit faster than Chris Busher, but you know, at the end of the race, you know, he, Busher was able to get out in front of Truex and then is able to break the draft on the front stretch and the back stretch uh, so that you know Truex couldn't draft up 
right uh, alongside of him and then is able to take his line away in the corners or you know use the high line to stay uh, with the momentum force uh, Truex to really have to drive in deep into the middles uh, you know one and two and of course uh, turn two it's really hard to get off um, side by side uh, there um, without a, a ton of speed you usually lose speed off of that corner if you're on the inside lane compared to the to the high lane with the way the way it works there so um, yeah definitely a really intriguing battle there I mean of course um, no real passing went on but you know at Michigan you know it's always about um, being able to time for the right moment um, at these you know big tracks where you can make the move and try to stay in front and you know Chris Buescher was able to um, use uh, defensive driving I guess to stay up front and uh, keep you know Truex from getting no more than you know a tenth of a second from uh, from him so yeah it was uh, definitely a really interesting battle there at the end of the race um, and definitely a, uh, shows uh, what Chris Buescher can do in a race car you know and we all get to see what his talent looks like and you know we kind of saw hints of it over the years but you know being in um, bad equipment I guess with you know with uh, uh, Roush the last couple of years and when he was at JTG they weren't really competitive either so yeah definitely a uh, a uh, good win there for Martin Truex, of course, um, like you mentioned, um, returning for 2024 and maybe it'll be the last time he um, ends up in the Cup Series, but we'll see what happens there. So, yeah, I mean, this race, like you said, um, interesting. Um, of course, uh, didn't really get to catch too much of the ending there with it being on Monday. Uh, but, uh, you know, for um, being a Monday race, I mean, is uh, pretty pretty competitive uh, overall. But I mean, yeah, some of the other guys in this, uh, you know, results. The uh, Kyle Larson uh, was up there for a bit, um, and is up in fifth. Um, you know, Bubba Wallace, of course. You know, he he was up there and had a pretty nice move after the stage one restart when or stage two restart when they got back uh, going and led led a handful of laps there, but then. Um, and I think he was in the top 10 for quite a bit, but then ends up fading at the end to uh, 18th after their final pit stop. So uh, really curious there's why they, you know, didn't um, make any position. Of course, I know track position is tough in Michigan, but um, the other guys that they pitted with, um, you know, they like Larson and um, some of the other uh, teams, they they didn't get as much position back. So that's um, a little bit disappointing there, but you know, they're still in good position for the playoffs. And, you know, I think big story here at the end, of course, Chase Elliott, um, basically it's all coming down to him uh, getting a win now. So this it's basically do or die the next three weeks. Uh, Watkins Glen, Indianapolis and Daytona, all tracks that he's um, capable of winning at. So we'll see if, um, you know, he's able to win at any of those racetracks, but, um, you know, it's basically pointing his way in basically out the door. It's all, all coming down to basically Daytona probably, uh, for uh, Chase Elliott there to go out and win, um, or Watkins Glen. I don't, I don't think he's going to be as good at, uh, Indy. I think there's going to be too much competition there, uh, especially with, you know, a bunch of ringers in, uh, coming in at, uh, at Indianapolis this weekend. So we'll see how Chase Elliott is able to bounce back from this uh, crash that he had, you know, early on in the race. So, yeah, I mean, 
competitive race overall, 26 lead changes, which I think is the most that they've had since 2012. So, yeah, definitely a lot more uh, passing happened in this race, uh, you know, compared to, you know, previous ones that we've seen in the past and, you know, past decade here at uh, Michigan Speedway. Yeah, and for Busher giving himself that space, I think, will make it even easier for him to go out there for these next two weeks on the road courses and continue what he's been doing. And possibly you can look at Brad Keselowski. Uh, he's never been known as a road racer. He's never won a road race in the Cup Series, actually. Would be an interesting time to get one. Definitely would be more difficult to get it this weekend than it would, I would say, at Watkins Glen. But uh, we'll see about that. I mean, Truex is feeling good, loving life. Kind of reminds me of when Mr. The King said, I'll stop when, I, when I'm not having fun. And he promptly went and flipped down the the short shoot between turn four and the trioval at Daytona during the Daytona 500. And uh, Mrs. The King comes into the into the hospital and says, oh, we having fun. Well, I, that's what we'll see. We'll see if uh, Martin Truex is having fun next year, but uh, he definitely is right now. Um, yeah, he wanted to win that race in Michigan, but I figure we'll see how that continues. Mentioned that uh, Busher would move up to sixth you know, with the current, like once they do the reset, Martin Truex is a 96-point lead on William Byron, and he has a 57-point lead on Danny Hamlin. So, I mean, nearly a full race with three races to go. Um, so that's basically a that's a lock, uh, unless Martin Truex finishes dead last, which I have a hard time believing he will. 12 winners this year, so no more. There will definitely be one person that makes it in on points, so right now, that person would be Kevin Harvick. He's got a 12-point lead on Brad Keselowski. Uh, those two guys, I would venture to say, are pretty safe. Bubba Wallace has been gaining ground, though. Road courses are definitely not his strong suit. Two road courses here coming up. But plus 58 uh, above the cut line is a decent uh, position to be in. Keebler Gibbs on the bump, plus three over Michael McDowell. And he's plus five over Daniel Suarez. AJ Elmendinger, 24 points behind. Bowman, minus 44. Sindrick, minus 53. And Chase Elliott, minus 55. You, I would think that once you get past AJ Allmendinger, you're going to have to look at winning. And even if you're AJ, if you're not going to win one of these next two races, I have a hard time believing he's going to make it happen at Daytona. For the luck that he's had at times at Daytona, he's had some decent finishes there. But with that desperation and with it being Daytona and the likelihood of weather and all these other things, not really sure that the uh, colleague is going to put it together. They've had great Xfinity equipment at Daytona over the years, but it hasn't translated to the Cup Series as of yet. Uh, the Xfinity Series, we had the uh, Cabo Wabo 250 uh, at Michigan. They talk about pit road issues and wondering what might have been. Justin Allgaier's the one that's thinking that. John Hunter Nemechek got in argy-bargy with his teammates, but was able to recover and lead the most laps and win the, win the race on Saturday. Josh Berry started on pole, okay amount of stage points, 
Buckshot Jones finished third. Keebler Gibbs fourth. Sam Mayer coming off of his first career win gets another top five. Riley Herbst finishes sixth. Uh, Chastain and the 10 car. Kligerman, Parker Retzlaff, and Jeb Burton. So good run for both Jordan Anderson cars. Uh, the two... The two RCR cars right outside the top 10 in Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed. And Allgaier from second was won the first stage, finished second in stage two, led 32 laps, ends up 14th. Cole Custer, 16th. Chandler Smith had a good first stage and then dropped. He hit the, I think he hit the wall there at some point. Um, he had a tire issue. Kind of sounds like something ought to happen there. Uh, I'm trying to look through here the incidents. He must have dirt speeding, probably. Uh, yeah, so there was, I think that was the one, there was one in, incident. I mean, the incident that took out Sammy Smith was the one with all three Gibbs cars. Keebler Gibbs and uh, John Hunter were uh, getting into it, yelling at each other, saying all kinds of effed up stuff. And that's like he, that's why he gets you. Um, Connor Mozak didn't hit anybody personally, but he hit the wall. Uh, Carson Hosevar was, uh, I think he was collateral damage from the Mason Maggio. Or no, yeah, that he was a collateral damage in that wreck with Mason Maggio, who then had a tire fail and um, hit the fence. Stefan Parsons just drove around at about 20 miles an hour slower than everybody else the whole entire day. Uh, Sage Karam was driving for, uh, what do you call, Carl Long, actually only finished a lap down. So hopefully that's something that they are able to connect and get some money together and run. Because that would be a good combination, good experience group there with a guy who's trying to get into stock car racing. But John Hunter Nemechek is somebody who is established, probably going to be in a cup car again next year and five wins as of now still a good amount of time to go in the regular season josh but that regular season points battle for those playover those 15 bonus points it's going to come down to the wire for sure between him and austin hill it seems like every week they just play hot potato with that points lead um but it's really based on those two guys and we're waiting to see who else is going to establish themselves as a factor in the Xfinity series. Because otherwise, it doesn't seem there's guys that have won, but it doesn't seem like there's anybody that's really that next person. I mean, I would, I'm not sure if you think there is anybody out there. There might be, but you have to close to really prove that, I would think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know, with John Hunter Nemechek, Austin Hill, both you know, being the two drivers in the series that's really been dominant, I don't really think there's really any room uh, for anybody else. I mean, you could say Justin Algar, he's still mathematically uh, there, but he's been too con- uh, inconsistent, um, hasn't had uh, enough wins yet to, you know, really uh, say that, you know, he could be up there. Uh, only one win um, on the year when he probably had has had a, at least a, a couple of wins that were left on the table. So definitely, you know, not a um, strong contender there compared to Hill and uh, Nemechek. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, it's going to come down to probably the last race or a handful of them. You know, we still have, you know, plenty of uh, tracks that fit both of them well. Um, you know, I think maybe you give 
John Hunter, uh, the nod on the mile and a half. So overall, I think maybe they're a little bit stronger than Austin Hill, but you know, Austin Hill is still, um, you know, pretty competitive on the super speedways. You know, we still have Daytona left, um, which he's been obviously been good at in the past. Uh, so, you know, I think if you when you, if you look at it like that, you know, there's still opportunities for both of them to uh, come out and uh, potentially, you know, win with uh everything and um the last of course the last one's at uh kansas so um i mean i think you know both of them pretty good i mean beginning of the year you know with austin hill one uh one at las vegas which is somewhat similar to kansas uh you know of course but john hunter like i said earlier just um really good on really strong in the mile and a half tracks um darlington's gonna be interesting that might be one there um of course john hunter nemechek um final lap with uh, Kyle Larson back in May uh, where, you know, they were fighting for the win and John Hunter um, ends up spinning out and crashing. Uh, so we'll see if um, that one comes back to bite them uh, there and you know, if he's able to make it up. So um, there's still, there's still a lot of time um, for both of these guys. Um, and of course the road courses, uh, not really. I mean, I think John Hunter has been not as good on the road courses as Austin Hill. Uh, so, yeah, it might be might be an Austin's Hill favor here if he does well at Indianapolis and Watkins Glen. So we'll see how how that goes. But uh, yeah, I mean this this race, of course, uh, you know John Hunter, of course, early in the race, uh, and you know was was involved in an accident early on, and uh, you know ends up coming back and uh, ends up you know leading the most laps in the race and winning. So um, tells you how good of a car he really had. Uh, you know, in this event to be able to recover from, you know, early accident and everything. But, um, you know, of course, uh, Josh Berry had a lot of speed, but, you know, ends up finishing second. So solid result there, still winless on the year, uh, for him. So, you know, um, definitely not as strong of a contender for, uh, the championship, uh, right now. So, uh, we'll see if, you know, he's able to pick one up here before the end, but, you know, really, really hard to say, um, that he's uh, in that group of drivers that can compete for the championship, you know. So, I mean, I think I think right now the top four as it is, John Hunter, Austin Hill, Allgaier, and Custer, I think are probably the guys that are your best bets, I guess, to win the championship, um, you know, of course. But I think uh, the regular season title on the line, you know, Austin Hill, uh, John Hunter still have a chance at it. So that should be competitive. Kind of almost like... Um, you know, a couple of years ago, remember with uh, um, Austin Sendrick and AJ Allmendinger. Um, you know, at first it looked like Austin Sendrick uh, was going to wrap up the title, which you know right now looked like uh, John Hunter for a while looked like he was going to be the guy, and now uh, Austin Hill is kind of closed in that gap. So um, Austin Hill's maybe that AJ Allmendinger from a few years ago that uh, took it down to the wire. So uh, we'll see if um, they have a similar uh, fight like. Uh, those two drivers did and um, sure, certainly will make it uh, very uh, entertaining. And um, yeah, I think it'll provide a, a lot of storyline for the Xfinity series, which um, of course it needs uh, to be able to get viewers and everything. So we'll see how, how that ends up going. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think Briscoe was also part of that deal in 2020 and he won a lot of races, but he wasn't as consistent later in the summer. Right. Almondinger picked it up and then that was those three guys battled for a good part of the season those are the three big names so can all 
insert himself as that third big name. He's already up there points-wise. They need to execute. JRM has not been great with closing. It kind of is like Andretti Autosport and IndyCar. A lot of pace, uh, been showing speed, but they haven't won when they need. They haven't closed. And Buckshot Jones needs a win to make the playoffs, so he's in, in trouble, and he's not known as a big-time winner anyway. He has won races, but there's going to be a lot of movement. He's part of the likely movement in the Xfinity series for next year. Is it going to be based on the fact that he missed the playoffs or not to be determined? Uh, right now, uh, you have eight winners. Barry's plus 126. You have... Um, I'm trying to see how many races to go in the regular season. They have the most races left before the their playoffs start. So they got five races to go before they start their playoff. They'll have two road courses, Daytona, Darlington, and Kansas. So you're it's really uh I mean you really have four toss ups in, in terms of for the regulars. And then you have in going on because Darlington is tough. It's a short race, but it's very tough. And uh, Kansas Speedway is one where you can kind of look back at some of the results earlier in the year. And it's usually a Toyota benefit there. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, Barry's plus 126. I think for all intents and purposes, he'll be all right. Um, Hamrick, not really done much anything all year, but he's plus 67. Uh, unless you see the likes of uh, Kligerman or, I mean, Creed already is in the top 12. He's plus 18 over Kligerman, Buckshot Jones, some other person that isn't listed winning. Uh, it's a, a very hard time believing there's going to be a lot of movement here in terms of the points you know, because peop they just haven't run good enough you know like where these guys are in points it's basically what they are uh herps had a great start to the year and then he fell back of course you had the crew chief change a few weeks ago i mean it's riley herps doesn't really matter uh sheldon creed it hasn't worked in the xfinity series for whatever reason compared to what it has in a truck or in an arca car uh probably because it's more horsepower which I would I don't understand. I would think that would be more to his favor and the low downforce, but I think the low downforce and being a little looser as uh, he's still trying to figure it out. But we'll see what happens. Gonna have another. I'm assuming he's gonna have another year in Xfinity because he'll be the lead dog next year because Austin Hill's gonna be moving up the cup. Um, but we'll get into that. So let's get into speaking of somebody who moved up the cup, but. Uh, might end up moving back uh we had the news on saturday of uh noah gagson getting indefinitely suspended for um his social media uh, presence which i mean to be fair he has a history this is going back to when he was running late models going back to running knn where he's done questionable things, said questionable things, done questionable stuff. He had the incident at Pocono where he had to pull out of the race the day of with an illness. Notice I went with air quotes on that one because that's the same way as like Dustin Johnson and the PGA Tour had to, they gave him a test and then he took time away. 
Um, and there's like the double secret probation, which is, oh, you got caught. So you, you got caught with something or doing something. So that happened. Then, of course, you drove for Junebug for I don't know how many years. Stunk up the joint for how many years. Wrecked a lot of race cars. Was a douche. Got into more fights and he had wins. Then he had last year where he won a trillion races. And he had the whole aggro with Keebler Gibbs. Of course, didn't close the, close the deal at Phoenix. But uh, he had earned a, a shot. And because I guess he needed a driver because they had ty dillon so you could basically put a potted plant in that car and would run better than ty dillon um and that's essentially what noah gregson has been except this potted plant hits the wall every week um he's missed a race because of a concussion after gateway he's wrecked a lot he's the worst he was the worst regular on the circuit and you know I don't really want to, I don't think it's worth referencing why. I guess we'll go and say this is par for the course. I've been saying that for days. It's par for the course for the guy. And the people that are that are in up in arms about it and making their comments, it's why NASCAR has a problem, fundamental problem in society to have a fan base and have reach when there's defense of this. Oh, they shouldn't suspend them. It's not that. It's like you understand that it's not even about this. Like really, at the end of the day, this is just ex. This is the most recent example of Noah Gregson's general lack of awareness, being a moron, not be like. How the hell are you? I mean, he's a trust fund baby. His dad's a fucking drunk who killed people, and he's in jail. You got freaking. I don't know where the hell the mom is. He's had he's had questionable behavior on women. He's made questionable comments about I don't know how many different things. He's a tool, absolute tool. I'm pretty sure he's more likely to hang out with certain segments of of the society, certain people. But at the end of the day, the guy, if you want to go and just base it on driving, the guy's run terrible. So what the hell difference does it make if you suspend him? It, it, are you going to go and say that oh this is an easy out? I'm yeah. Probably is, but the the reality of the world is they brought it up on NASCAR radio earlier today. When they made the announcement to go to Toyota, they were happy to bring back Eric Jones and Noah Gagson because they both drove for Toyota. Of course, Eric Jones was brought up through the Toyota program and then got hung out to dry by Gibbs because that's what they do. Um, Gregson left to go to JRM. But now, you know, you're, I, I mean, I don't know what you think, Josh, about it. I, it's karma getting to gregson i don't think you'll ever learn he doesn't it doesn't really matter to him because i don't think he cares about like he really doesn't care about being a winner being somebody who's going to be a champion and a representation in the sport he just wants to be the he wants to be like a social media presence like to me he has he has like miss hummer vibes except he can actually drive um when he decides to but on the other hand he's a really inconsistent obnoxious dipshit who wrecks a lot and when you're when you're already running bad and then you're crashing cars every week you're gonna have a short leash anyway i mean john hunter nemechek kind of i mean people don't uh, you'll take it or leave it with him he's kind of a iffy guy you know I, he's kind of kind of two-faced but then that's a toyota characteristic i think but then he ran for front row wrecked like half the races and he quit 
before the end of the season. So like, and he's now and he went to trucks now in Xfinity, and he's likely the guy that's going to take over for him in the forty-two car next year. But what are your thoughts on Gagson and um, what the aftermath has been? He still hasn't been fired by uh, Legacy. Jordan Bianchi said he was, but uh, Bob Pockris said he wasn't. So. He's suspended. He's not going to race the next two weeks. Mike Rockenfeller is going to race the next two weeks, but uh, we'll see what happens after that at Daytona. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot to take away from that one, obviously. Um, I mean, first of all, let's look at the driving. And, yeah, he's uh, 33rd in points uh, before last Sunday's event. Um, had an average finish of, I think, 28th. So, yeah, doing really poorly overall this year. Um, of course, I will say that Legacy Motor Club hasn't really. I mean, we've we've been on the record saying that they've basically been uh, out to lunch this year, and you know, Eric Jones isn't. You know, I'm, we thought Eric Jones would be a lot better this year, and that that team would be uh, pretty decent. And you know, Eric Jones is 28th in points, so um, you know he's not not too far ahead of his teammate there in terms of the standings, and um, so they're not really lighting the the world on fire. Um, as um you know as performance wise and um i mean rookie season of course um and i will also say that you know most of the xfinity drivers since 2021 that have come up into the cup series this year with the and last year with, with the next gen car haven't really performed all that well um i mean look at harrison burton basically performed the same and he's still with the 21 car and people talk about him how bad he is every week and there's no way that he can continue next year uh with the 21 um ty gibbs i mean has performed better than most of them um of course so he's but he's also in a really good ride and i mean last year um when he filled in for kurt bush i mean he wasn't really doing that well either so um kind of shows you that the next gen car been tough to acclimate to for the new guys that you know are coming up from the Xfinity series and um and everything so um there I mean there are exceptions there but um yeah for the, the most part um yeah it's been a struggle and it's been with the worst team and everything so uh yeah and he's um you know from a performance standpoint you know not not that great and or you know pretty terrible so yeah from that standpoint and then you know uh the I'm pretty sure I thought I saw something about them, like, you know, starting to lean towards looking at John Hunter Nemechek uh, in the last couple of weeks or something like that. And um, when you look, look at how John Hunter has been performing in Xfinity and how Noah has been performing in Cup, uh, well, it's, you know, pretty easy to, you know, make that decision to go towards uh, John Hunter. And that's, that's probably what it is, just using the easiest or, you know, easiest opportunity to you know get him out of the car and you know prepare the way for uh john hunter Nemechek to go on uh next year or maybe even later on this year as a, a trial we'll see um we'll see after the next two weeks who they decide to put in and of course we still have no idea if they're firing him after all and everything and so when you look at it from that standpoint yeah it's not surprising uh from you know wanting to get him out of the car and you know for the other part is, you know, for what he actually did, I mean, is that that's probably like on levels of seriousness. I mean, let's be real here. That's on the lowest. I mean, merely like hitting the like button on a 
um, potentially racist meme or well, yeah, it is a racist meme. So hitting the like button there, I mean, could have been passively. I mean, you know, scrolling through things, you know, you may hit something accidentally, but still there. So, you know, that's not really, um, I mean, on the level of like things that horrible things that you could do, that's probably like on the lowest thing. And I saw one, I think I saw one person say that that's probably not even the worst thing he's ever done. When you look at things that he's done in the past that, you know, were bad. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people didn't expect that he'd actually be suspended. I mean, first by his own team. So they took action first before NASCAR even knew about it. So, um, I guess credit to Jimmy Johnson for taking advantage of that. But, um, I mean, the level of seriousness, what he actually did, I mean, honestly, it's pretty harmless, but, um, shows that, you know, you have to be consciously aware of your actions, I guess. So, um, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, it's not good and everything. And I mean, on the other hand, look at Kyle Larson dropped the freaking end bomb on iRacing and still in the cup series. So, um, you know, um, we won't get into more into that, but he's still in the cup series, um, and everything. So, or well, got back into the cup series. And of course he's made his, uh, you know, uh, forgiveness and you know he's you know done done things to try and right himself there so you know we'll see if noah's done or we'll need to do the same thing to get back into the cup series but um you know um i saw i saw some fans that were on you know i was looking through the comments and everything some fans that were you know black that said that um you know he you know when they interacted with him in person he was the nicest person that you know they um, had met, you know, there and, you know, they were generally positive and, um, you know, they said that they know that, or they, they hope that they could learn from this and, you know, be able to move on and stuff. So, um, I saw that was pretty interesting, uh, comment from there. Um, and I'm trying to think, you know, somebody said that, well, one of his sponsors probably, uh, didn't care about that. And that's not true because Black Rifle denounced, uh, you know, far right people a couple of years ago in an interview with uh, the New York Times. Uh, so um, when people talk about, yeah, that company, I find that interesting um, because they denounced them a couple of years ago anyways. Um, and then, of course, um, the other part of it, I, didn't re I don't really like when people go out and find stuff to look for, you know, things to, you know, potentially take them out down on. And I mean, this like, you know, it'd be one thing if they found him doing it like act like if he was in a video or something where he was like doing something really bad um like that then yeah that'd be another thing but um you know it's like i think if i had seen that i probably wouldn't even care to be honest so um you know whatever but um you know finding something like that and then you know pushing it up and stuff um and I, I think the person that found it is kind of notorious for trying to find stuff to get people on and then, um, you know, trying to start up something. And I mean, uh, you know, clearly, clearly that, you know, that's what ended up happening. Of course, um, I mean, yeah, it's pretty dumb. Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, you, again, be consciously aware of what you're doing and know that there are consequences to your actions, whether good or bad. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really like general when people find stuff and to you know try and get you and um you know potentially cause cause a negative thing or impact but i mean i guess i guess for what he did it was warranted because um you know 
companies don't want to be associated with that, um, even if that's the lowest thing on the uh, totem pole there. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my take. I mean, I try to have a really nuanced take on these things. You know, I don't think it's cut and dry. I don't I don't think it's black or white. I think there's a lot of nuance that goes into this. So, um, you know, that's that's how I think about that. But, um, you know, I think, um, you know, he maybe he'll learn from it. Maybe he'll go back to Xfinity next year. I mean, you know, there's a possibility of Brandon Jones going back to um, uh, Joe Gibbs and maybe uh, Noah, maybe Dale will take him back in, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that would happen, but I mean, it, it could, or maybe goes to another team um, that ha he has associations with, of course, colleague. Uh, he has association with them driving in the Cup Series for them last year, so maybe, maybe he takes over or has an opportunity to go and ride in Xfinity and, and try to reprove himself and rebuild or maybe go back to trucks. We'll see. So, um, yeah, but probably in the near future cup series, definitely, uh, you know, on, on hold for now. We'll see if legacy, um, decides to, you know, if they actually decide to bring him back and if, uh, if he completes his sensitive sensitivity training or whatever it is and, you know, try to, um, get him back, but kind of doubt it at this point, um, especially after, you know, after they flip flop and everything on, uh, whether he's out or not. So, um, hard to hard to tell right now so we'll have to wait and see what they actually do but you know we'll see we'll see what this future is but i guess it's a it's a learning opportunity for everybody yeah it definitely is a learning opportunity you have to be aware of what you're doing especially when you're in the cup series uh i mean i don't think when you're in one of nascar's three major series or even arca which is not even i mean single a or like rookie ball or whatever you want to call it uh i mean i i give you credit josh on on your take of course uh very uh reasoned and uh going into detail of course which is part of why you're you're the balance of course for us and so i'm just gonna go and rant um but my my rant comes from his history and knowing these things and also seeing what I, what we've saw over the last few days. And the fact of the matter is he's never going to learn. I don't think he's ever going to change. So you can, but what's also going to be uh, apparent, you know, like Connor Mozak's of the world and some of these other uh, dipshits is because he has the ability to bring a check, you know, you can go and get a ride again and definitely can get a ride in a truck. I mean, you're, you're basically any Tom, Dick, or Jane could get a a, a truck or, or an ARCA ride as long as you have about, you know, a, a, a few hundred thousand dollars at this point. I mean, if Tim Vines can run a rent a wreck in the truck series, then basically you can, if you can get a little bit of money together, you could probably make a damn truck show. Um, you'll finish in the top 10 in an ARCA race too. Uh, but he'll probably go back to Xfinity. He'll be in a, call it car or they'll either be in a call it car or rcr or, or what and one of them big time teams so in the end is it really is he really losing they'll say well legacy was a terrible car which yeah they've been terrible um and jimmy johnson it's the first year with him uh as a car owner and him and maury gallagher are trying to uh basically write a ship that's been going nowhere for decades which was petty enterprises or whatever i mean it isn't petty enterprises it was like everham's team that became richard petty motorsports or gillette i mean like it's going 
multiple different ways, but you know, Jimmy Johnson carries himself in a certain way. I think that plays a part in it. I also look at Maury Gallagher and kind of knowing I'm sure he knows Noah because I think Spencer and Gallagher, his son, and Noah aren't that far apart in age. So, and his son was not the sharpest knife in the drawer either for a while and did plenty of stupid shit and got himself to sp- did got himself in bad spots many times and he's like okay my son did this crap and now i see the second coming and he wrecked race cars constantly and he was just a waste of a seat and all he eventually figured it out and he won races here and there but he wasn't elite and he wasn't going to end up going anywhere so maury said you're coming home and you're going to be a part of the business you ain't going to race no more and in this case he's like you're not going to keep on wrecking my race cars and then on top of it being an ignoramus uh you if you want to be an idiot stick you can go and drive for somebody else and that's i mean there's plenty of people i'll employ him because he can bring a check so more power to him we'll see what happens with gagson uh the nascar hall of fame was the other piece we were going to get into prior to uh, moving into the roundup. And I mean, there was a bit of aggro um, anger that uh, there wasn't a unanimous selection of uh, Jimmy Johnson, but you can basically, there's not been any unanimous selections, whether it was Mr. The King, Dale Earnhardt, or, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon, Smoke. I mean, you list the names, Bobby Allison, David Pearson, Durwood. None of them were elected unanimous. So the fact that Jimmy Johnson wasn't isn't a shock. It seems it seems kind of weak, but it's kind of what it is with these writers. I, and I say this as someone who used to be in the industry, albeit not to the level that some of these journalists are. Like Josh talks talked about referencing the first person who kind of caught wind of this kind of being a gotcha reporter the fact that there are people in this business that are there to be a gotcha reporter um Pocris was one of them for a while and then kind of turned it around jeff gluck was and kind of has always been but he doesn't have much of a platform anymore jenna fryer is and that's why you barely ever hear from her and she blocks everybody uh there are other ones, but and people who steal shit like uh, that that fat tub of shit. What's his name? Chris something or another uh, who steals stories in the lunch line. But um, the fact is, you have that option and opportunity to vote, and you're got that privilege. Thought and logic would say you're gonna vote for Jimmy Johnson. The guy's won seven championships and eighty three races. I mean. He's won every big race multiple times. I mean, really? But it would have been an interesting thing to see that. It would have been cool to at least add that to the mix. Like, oh, he was the first unanimous selection. It's been an interesting year for Jimmy, becoming an owner, driving Garage 56 car at Lamar. You know, all these different things going on. And to give props to Jimmy Johnson for what he did. Because during that time, it's like you think about Fishlips, what he's doing in F1 or what other guys have done. That's what Jimmy was doing for five years. He did that in NASCAR with a playoff format, um, but they didn't. 
Uh, not shocked by it, but the fact is he got in, and so did Chad Canals. Everybody and their mother, when we saw what the ballot was going to be, I think everybody was going to go and pick those two. Um, Chad was kind of worried he wasn't going to get in, which is funny, but I think they weren't going to go and leave one out, put one in and not the other. Uh, the fan vote, I mean, the fan vote went the same way. Basically, the fan vote was the way the actual vote went for Jimmy and Chad, and then Donnie Allison uh, ends up getting in for the Pioneer ballot. I voted for Sam Ard personally because of his greatness in the late model sportsman and then the Bush series. His career was ended early due to a massive accident in Rockingham after winning uh, a championship or else he could have won even more. And uh, he still, you know, for however many years, was dealing with after effects of that wreck, similar to what happened to Bobby Allison at Pocono with his career-ending crash. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting how that connection was there. I mean, Donnie Allison getting in, I think, I mean, there's four of the five, it makes sense. I mean, A.J. Foyt's A.J. Foyt, but you don't associate A.J. Foyt with NASCAR. You associate A.J. Foyt with Indy cars and open wheels and even sports cars for that matter before NASCAR, even though he won the Daytona 500, even though he won a, a few, uh, a good amount of races, almost ate it in a cup car at Riverside. Uh, if it weren't for Vernelli, um, saving him there, uh, the modern era, I mean, Jimmy and Chad, I always put in for Larry Phillips. I think because he's a, guy who won multiple Winston Racing Series championships and was a legend for so long. You, It's the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's not the NASCAR Cup Hall of Fame. You ought to go and teach people about those things. I mean, granted, most of the attention span and most of the idiots that seem to follow the sport is not very long. But to me, as a longtime fan, I think they should be going towards that, putting that energy there. But, you know, it's going to be hard for Larry Phillips of the world. I mean, Harry, I mean, Harry Hyde and Tim, my thing is Harry Hyde and Tim Brewer. I mean, Brewer alone, I just want Brewer to get elected just to hear his speech because Tim Brewer is one of the, one of the funniest people. And he's one of, he has no filter and he had to deal with Daryl. So he, he dealt with Junior Johnson and Daryl Waltrip and he worked with uh, and many other legendary drivers. So that in itself, if Brewer gets in, then at least Hammond gets in, which both of those guys will finally spill on Daryl and say how much of an, a pain in the ass he was. Um, you know, that would be funny to me. But I mean, did uh, I mean, I don't think you were surprised with the Jimmy and Chad choices. I also I mean, the landmark award, I'm not surprised that Janet Guthrie got that. I think it's great for because she is the first woman to ever run uh the what coca-cola 600 and in a super speedway yeah she was the first woman to run a super speedway cup race because other women had run in nascar's top division louise smith and others had run in short track races and then she was the first woman to run both the daytona 500 and the indy 500 and i mean people don't people choose to forget whatever whatever her results were since people apologize for miss hummer's results forever um she had she wasn't anywhere near as good of equipment as miss hummer ever had and she was able to get decent runs in a time where being able to finish 
was basically a win for a lot of people. And she, her, her path could have been to go to NASA because she was an aerospace uh, engineer and she had a chance, like honestly had a chance during the time of Apollo, the missions to go and do that. So she could have been a, we would have never known, but she decided to go with racing, you know, for what a lot of the old school people want to say one way or the other. She was a racer. She ran SCCA. She won championships in SCCA uh, amateur ranks. And she came up and she ran Indy through all the sexism and all that. She ran the 600 through all the sexism and all that. Got to give her credit for that. So, um, I mean, at least for Donnie Allison, he's here. It'll be a great thing. Another member of the Alabama gang gets into the Hall of Fame. So we're essentially waiting on, I think, Neil Bonnet's the only one that's left um, of the guys that you theoretically that are in the Alabama game that could get in. But Jimmy and Chad getting in together, so that'll be an interesting, uh, great uh, thing in January when those two guys are up there on stage shooting the breeze about the old days, which weren't really all that old for us, but... It's crazy to think that they stopped working together in what 2017. Their uh, 2017 2018. was their, 2018 was their last year, and then uh, yeah, that's right. And then um, Jimmy ended up getting uh, what's his face, who's now basically the five team is what the 48 car was. So he had that whole crew for a couple of years, and then Jimmy or, or Chad went with uh, uh, he went with Byron, William Byron for Byron like a year for a year or two and then mm-hmm. that was before rudy fugel came in yeah i think last year yeah so yeah competition director now yeah i mean personally i'm not i mean yeah the, they getting in first ballot that's not surprising i think you know a lot of people were um up in arms whether they should have been at least jimmy should have been unanimous uh and you know i think 93 percent only four people that didn't vote for Jimmy on this ballot. Um, and I kind of agree with that. And I mean, I think the reason why is because he competed under different point systems that were, you know, designed, um, especially the championship four system designed to create excitement. Whereas, you know, the old system was, you know, the entire season. And I mean, I think Jimmy, if you compare Jimmy and, Johnson to Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. I mean, I think maybe you can give him over um, Richard Petty because Petty's wins are probably inflated because he competed weeknights when most of the field wasn't, um, and he had manufacturer support when a lot of teams didn't and everything. But I don't know if you can pair him against Dale. I think I might take Dale Earnhardt every time um, uh, there, but especially you know Dale Earnhardt when he was dominant and everything but um jimmy i mean jimmy did what he did they did what they needed to do to win in the chase and the playoffs but um i think statistically i think you know dale earnhardt was a more dominant driver if you look at the how the stats were and um i think jimmy johnson was able to use the chase to go out and win championships and everything um and i think that benefited him but i mean like i mean even if you look at jimmy johnson's last season in cup uh, or not last season cup, but his last championship season in cup, um, statistically, I mean, it's pretty weak. So, uh, yeah, I think when you look at it like that, um, you know, I think he had 
of all his championships, I think 2016 was the worst in terms of top tens, top fives, and average finish and everything. So, I mean, even though he won five races, so, um, you know, it definitely was the worst performing one. So, um, and the only reason why is because he went one homestead. Otherwise, we would be talking about probably Kevin Harvick. I think that would have been a, a champion if they, you know, kept it under the same uh, format as far as no no playoffs. But, um, uh, I mean, I think I agree with him getting a first ballot. I just don't see. I think at least there has to be some people that don't vote for him unanimously because I, I think it's just you know too much to to you know too much. Um, differences between the system to say that you know he gets voted in unanimously over you know Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt yeah and I mean I get what you're saying I mean if none of them if if Richard Petty Dale Earnhardt Bobby Allison Cale Yarbrough David Pearson Durwood Jeffy if none of them got in unanimous then Jimmy wouldn't and I mean it this point i mean it's that's really what you have to what we have now it's like oh man you didn't get elected and you know what for the four douches that didn't want to vote for him good it doesn't matter because they don't want to list it i mean i think it would be funnier for these people who don't want to vote like you have the ability to vote you don't bother to vote or you to come out just own it i'd have more respect for them and explain it that that that's if you want to be uh you have that privilege and explain it that then I could have more respect for the process because there's plenty of people in this that know the sport, that respect the sport, that have been around it. I would let Dale Jr. vote for it. I would have him have a vote. The guy is literally one of the only reasons why we care about the history of the sport anymore, period. I mean, let him vote. The dude... Dude knows this crap. I mean, for all the damn concussions, if a fucker goes back in history, looks up all this stuff, and I mean, it's funny when they bring up conversations with his friends, and they come on the show, and he's like, I don't remember any of that, but he can remember who won the 1990 race at whatever in the Bush series, but hey, that's junior for you. But, you know, I think uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be harder for some of these drivers and and crew chiefs and whoever that haven't gotten in to get in. I'm not sure who they're going to add uh, next year uh, for the next ballot, but uh, uh, the fact is now that Jimmy got in, I don't really know who would come along after that. I mean, I guess Carl Edwards, I don't know. Matt Kenseth. Didn't Matt Kenseth, I thought Matt Kenseth just got voted in. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot. He got voted yep. in last year. I was thinking exactly Matt Kenseth, but then I'm like, Kenseth went the year, same year he did, and he didn't retire, but he did retire, but he's not retired, but he got in. So, yeah, so I don't really know who's going to be in. So now it's going to be interesting who they pick uh, for the next uh, ballot for the 2025 election there i wonder what's going to happen with that okay let's get to the roundup here uh srx i mentioned was at berlin uh kyle bush gets the victory for a second week in a row in uh what was that i heard a beep um let me uh so my headphones went out okay so uh, the srx uh ended up We'll go over and see the results. Blowski by just under second. Ryan Newman third. Marco Andretti fourth. Haley Deegan actually got a top five. Um, Schrader, Smoke, Alio, Labani, 
Harvick, Candy Kane making his first appearance in the SRX, and John Benson Jr. Um, in being the local hero uh, ends up uh, finishing last. The points for the seven regulars, as it stands right now, Ryan Newman, 33-point lead over Brad Keselowski, 34 on Marco, and uh, yeah, 40, 51 on Tony Stewart, and 50, 53 on Kenny Schrader, 54 on Haley Deegan and Bobby Labonte. So I'm not, uh, in terms of the points, I'm not really sure how that's going to work for those guys. Um, I mean, that's uh, basically, it's, it's, I think Brad Keselowski is the one person, I think, in no neck, and he's not really known for his dirt prowess, so... I mean, it's a battle for those three. Those three guys, Marco's trying to get two in a row, uh, but I think Newman is definitely in the driver's seat to go and get the SRX title, make three different champions in three seasons. Uh, this weekend's race at, uh, or this Thursday's race at Eldora will have the, I'm trying to go through here, their website is, yeah, Jonathan Davenport will be at, Lucas Oil Raceway in Wheatland, uh, Wheatland, I think Missouri or whatever. And then, yeah, Johnny Benson Jr. You saw Ampy, yeah, they suspend good. Yeah, Ryan Priest is over there. This is not great. Uh, Chase Briscoe will be in the in the field in at Eldora along with uh, Bald Spot Dylan. I have to go on the X machine and go on there. Cause I think they posted it down there. SRX yeah, racing and uh, yeah. So the entry list, so Marco Deegan, Keselowski, Matt Kenseth in the number eight, going back to his uh, old modified or late model number, uh, smoke, Bobby Labonte, Ron caps, the multi-time funny car champion as uh, run, uh, USAC midgets and stuff on dirt. Austin Dillon running a number 33 has won at Eldora before. Nonek, Schrader, Chase Briscoe running number 57, and uh, which is a combination of his number along with his dad. And then, um, what is it? Marissa's favorite number is seven or something. So they did 57 because, of course, he can't run 14. Uh, but he'll get to run against his hero and his boss. And then Antoine Canaan in the number 66. So good, strong lineup there. Uh, it'll be 12 again this week. Um, Davenport will be a part of the race next week, which uh, I'm sure he wants to put up a better showing than he had when he was in the 16 car uh, last year at the Bristol Dirt, the multi-time Lucas Oil late model champion, uh, World of Outlaw late model champion there. And uh, MotoGP, Moto2 were at Silverstone last week. A rare, um, good performance for, I mean, well, yeah, MotoGP, because the new website is absolutely atrocious. But, um, oh, so there you go. Moto2, the, I said results and standings. Yeah, so there you go. In the... In the MotoGP, Alicia Spargo gets his first win of the year, uh, second of his career, uh, and for Aprilia in a close battle with Pecco Bagnaia. Brad Binder finishes third. 
Uh, Aprilia's got three of the top five with Miguel Oliveira and Maverick Vinales. Jorge Martin, Luca Marini, Jack Miller, Johan Zarco, and Raul Fernandez uh, round out the top ten. So a good day for Aprilia. You know, the Hondas of Mark Marquez and Joanne Mir, the factory duo, crashed out or fell out. Inea Bastaini's nightmare season uh, as a teammate to Pekka Bagnaia continues. And Marco Basecki, who's been in the points battle, uh, crashes out five laps into the race, so loses out in terms of the uh, points right now. You go into the standings in MotoGP. Uh, Pekka Bagnaia, 41-point lead on Jorge Martin and a further you know, 48 points on Marco Bisecchi. Uh, that's the battle right now. I mean, more than half the season left uh, for them guys. So still time. Peko Bagnaia had a huge gap to come back from last year and was able to do it. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Brad Binder, best non-Ducati in fourth for the Top five are Ducatis, and you have Alicia Spargo tied with Luca Marini. And uh, yeah, so Monster Energy, Yamaha, the best Japanese bike is Fabio Quattroaro, uh, only six points ahead of his teammate who got canned. And uh, Alex Rins is going to take over for Franco Morbidelli next year on the factory Yamaha. So we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, I'm sure. He'd hope for it to be better than what was uh, what has been this year. Uh, Philippe Aldeguer gets the win in Moto2 over Aaron Kinnett, Pedro Acosta. The podium, Joe Roberts, gets a fourth-place finish. Best run of the season for him. Sam Lowe's in a home game finishes seventh. And, yeah, so that's about it there. And not, yeah, not finish. So the... Uh, yeah, Rory Skinner, the teammate of Joe Roberts, gets taken out. Jake Dixon was looking for a great run on at home, but gets taken out in the first lap. Uh, Sean Dillon Kelly was injured, so he didn't race this past weekend at the uh, British Grand Prix. So the standings going into the next round will uh, see sees Pedro Acosta up by two points over Tony Arbolino. And it's uh, 50, uh, 52 points on Jake Dixon. So basically, it's the Acosta Arbolino who's going to decide who wins that championship there. Imset Road America saw the Porsche Penske team end up uh, with a victory there. And uh, they did breakthrough. Yeah, so first GTP win of the season with. Uh, Felipe Nazar and Matt Campbell. They've been close earlier in the year. I think they they were definitely up there at at the 12 hours of Sebring, and they got into that wreck, which helped the 31 team get that victory. Now they won by 4.6 seconds over the 60 Meyer Shank team of Tom Blomquist and Colin Brown. Um, Acuras take two of the podium spots there. Ricky Taylor, Felipe Albuquerque rounds out the podium. Uh, Cadillac, uh, Ganassi, Bourdais, and Ranger Van de Zanda. And then JDC Miller Porsche with Mike Rockenfeller. You mentioned he's going to be in the 42 car this weekend. Um, rounds out the top five. All eight cars were on the lead lap. All the eight GTP cars. Ben Keating 
and Chatin wins the LMP2 for PR1 Matheson over the TDS Racing teammates. In LMP3, Gar Robinson wins uh, in his number 74 Riley over Barbosa, and then Matt Bell Fidani in the AWA. The GTD Pro uh, win goes to Ross Gunn, Alex Ribeiro's Harder Racing, and in GTD, the win goes to Brian Sellers and Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing in the BMW. The next uh, race for IMSA will be at uh, at uh, VIR, which will be a GT-only uh, event there. So that'll uh, event detail. Yeah, so that'll be a GT-only um, deal. They'll also have yeah, the GTD. Then you have the GSTCR for Michelin Pilot Challenge. Um, they don't have any. They haven't listed anything for those other ones. VP Racing. Sports Car Challenge and the Lamborghini Super Trofeo and the MX-5 Cup. So we'll see what happens with the listings and all for who's going to show up for that race. Rally Finland was basically over before it started. Um, Efren, Elfren Evans uh, dominated while his teammate uh, Cali Rovampera uh, crashed out early but was running really well. In, in his uh, quest to win his home rally. But it's only, I mean, though they say it's his third retirement and 41 starts in the, in WRC, which is crazy to think for as young of a driver as he is. Um, but he's going to win his home rally one of these years for sure. Um, Evans cuts the lead to 25 points, but I still don't think that uh, it's going to matter. Uh, IQ... Race as team for yeah to allow the ladder. Yeah, so yeah, Yari Mati Latvala ended up racing uh, this past weekend in the Rally Finland. First time he has raced in the Rally One cars. First time he's racing in a few years. So uh, credit to him on that. And then so this year on three stage runs, finishing second. Yeah, and Terry Newville finished second there at Rally Finland, only 39.1 seconds behind the winner. Takamoto Katsuda was third over Timo Sunanen by less than five seconds. So there, Yari Matti Latvala finished fifth. Um, and then Oliver Solberg was the winner of the, the Rally 2 category. So uh, credit to him on that. Go through that, get through, and then go and see right there. So, Indy next at Nashville was uh, Christian Rasmussen getting another victory there in uh, Hunter McElray and uh, Jacob Abel rounding out the podium. And that was early. It was a morning race there. They'll be running. Uh, it's a one-day one show for them at uh in the road course this coming week so they'll be uh doing everything on friday so that'll be a condensed deal for them rasmussen gains points on all of his rivals McElroy, abel nolan siegel finished fifth louis foster finished sixth and uh credit to jamie chadwick getting a top 10 finish in this event uh ernie francis was running well and he ended up having a crash in turn four 
uh, to knock himself out of the deal. Uh, Jagger Jones had a mechanical issue. Trying to look through here. Anybody else stands out? So that's uh, those were the results there. You had uh, Yuvin Sundaramuthi, the Indian driver in uh, born here in the U.S., get, makes his debut, finishes 11th. So credit to him. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Matt Brabham was in the race there for Junkos Hollander uh, this past weekend. He'll be back this weekend as well uh, for the race at IMS. The drivers will get in at. So Christian Rasmussen, 45-point lead on Nolan Siegel. And uh, 6, 50 or or 40, yeah, and then uh, McElroy third, Jacob Abel fourth, Lee Foster fifth. Uh, Abel and McElroy only separated by two points. Lee Foster a little bit further behind there in fifth. Reese Gold in sixth with James Rode, Daniel Frost, Giffen Simpson, and Ernie Francis Jr. rounding out the top 10. Uh, Jamie Chadwick 14th in points, twenty. One points behind Ernie Francis there. So we'll see what goes on for at IMS Road Course for those guys. Season quickly coming to an end there. In terms of the uh, NHRA, last time they'll be racing. It's been plenty of instances, it seems like, recently of last races. Last race at Denver. Now it'll be the last time they'll race at uh, Heartland Park, Topeka. Uh, it's unfortunate to see that. Um, which, I mean, all these drag strips are being closed, and uh, it's unfortunate for sure. But one of the great drag strips, it's where Jim Epler ran the first 300-mile-an-hour run in a funny car in the Rug Doctor Oldsmobile. Uh, so that was a cool uh, deal that took place back in 1993. The um, points battle were getting close to the end of the regular season after after uh, this race at um at Brainerd you have uh, 10 days or whatever it's only 10 days after that you is the start of the US Nationals the big go the last race of the regular season so a uh, big deal a lot of the special events also take place there so crunch time for the NHRA there uh all the four main uh pro categories will be at brainerd or no not brainerd i'm sorry so they have they're going to run two races in a row so they'll be running at heartland park top fuel funny car and pro stock no bikes uh, top alcohol dragster funny car or top alcohol funny car will be there super stock yeah. mountain motor pro stock will also be at topeka so that'll be um, good to see, and then they'll be racing at Brainerd the following week, so busy times to try to get in. And Tony won uh, the regional, as I mentioned, and leads the national point standings in top alcohol dragster and in his, I think, uh, region seven or whatever, in top alcohol dragster trying to win a drag racing championship to add on to all the other championships he's won in his illustrious career. All right, so yeah, we'll go to move and we'll move on to football here before we get into some previews uh, for the racing coming up this weekend. I mean, uh, right now, at least for our teams, I know for the 49ers, you know, knock on wood, uh, things have been going all right. 
no Nick Bosa, but he's the number four player in in the top player, whatever, in the top 100. And uh, eight players, so the most players represented in the top 100 for any team. So that's cool. It looks like things are kind of coming together, getting ready for first preseason game uh, coming up this weekend. And then, so that'll be with the... They'll be playing on Sunday, Sunday uh, afternoon against the Raiders in Las Vegas. So they'll be the last game of the week there. Uh, so that we'll see how that goes. The first game, I don't know who's going to be playing, who isn't. Uh, we're in a lot of areas. I know that Brock Purdy is not going to play. It's going to be a lot of Trey Lance and a lot of... Uh, Sam Darnold, and so those guys battling for that backup role, and then there's other battles on defense and tight ends trying to get on the roster. People are trying to go and get on the practice squad uh, and the like. So we'll see. Trying to keep people upright, functional to get to the regular season, and uh, which will be a uh, you know d- difficult road to try to get back to another championship game to get to get to Las Vegas. They get to start the year, start the season in Las Vegas here in the preseason, and hopefully in February they're back in Las Vegas uh, playing the Super Bowl. That's at least my hope. Uh, Josh, your Jaguars have been good. I think all returns have been solid for you guys. Uh, Calvin Ridley hasn't really lost a step it seems so it's a great thing for trevor lawrence trevor lawrence ended up making i mean i know you weren't happy with the ranking but i figure he'll have a much more improved ranking because he has more weapons at his disposal this coming year i mean he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal i think um you're seeing what uh calvin really is going to be able to do i've seen some of the highlights you know from training camp so far and um, looks like it's going to really open up the offense. So, yeah, I would expect uh, the Jaguars, you know, offense to probably be when, in one of the you know, top offenses in the entire NFL. So um, it should be exciting. Uh, looking forward to seeing how uh, Calvin Ridley uh, performs. I, I think he can go over, I mean, we want to get into fantasy a little bit. I, I think he can go over 1,000 yards. I think he can at least, at least get 10 touchdowns. Um, I mean, it, I think he, you know, clearly looks like, you know, he's exactly as advertised. Um, so it's going to help Trevor Lawrence have another uh, deep target, somebody they can, you know, take away from other guys like uh, Christian Kirk uh, and uh, Zay Jones. I think they'll do a, do pretty good as well with, you know, defenses having to uh, focus on uh, Ridley and you know, also factor in Evan Ingram, factor in uh, Travis Etienne, also, you know, having – having more sport in the backfield as well. So um, should be interesting to see how that plays out uh, on offense. So I think definitely, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be pretty good. And looks like, you know, from training camp, you know, it's been pretty smooth so far. Um, you know, they did have a little bit of hiccup with Tyson Campbell. I think having a concussion, I think uh, uh, Calvin Ridley, I think on a, a play, uh, he was landing on the ground, and I think, like, inadvertently, Calvin Ridley's foot, like, hit the back of Campbell's helmet or something like that, so out with a concussion right now. So that's only a major hiccup. So um, don't expect that to really affect anything, though. I'm sure he'll come back, 
uh, soon and be able to, uh, you know, be able to uh, come back and probably start on the first, you know, first game of the season against Indy uh, on the road. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, you know, defensively, I think it's going to be all about the pass rush and seeing how well they do. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, can they improve? Uh, you know, it's questionable depth as well behind them. They'd re-signed Dwayne Smoot uh, on a deal, but, you know, he's uh, coming off of an Achilles. So, you know, we'll see if, um, you know, he's able to um, recover from that. But, you know, really, uh, really disappointed they didn't go after another, you know, pass rusher after they, you know, Arden Key leaving in free agency uh, to go to the Titans for some reason. Um yeah, I think um, they should have gotten Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, ended up signing, you know, on another deal for you know ten million, I think. So uh, with another team, so I I think they should have gone after him. Plenty of other um, veteran pass rushers, but hopefully Dwayne Smoot's not the only veteran pass rusher um, that they decide to take on. Um, I think you know it's going to help. Uh, you know, on defense with pressure, that's something that they struggled with uh, through times last year. So you're really hoping that uh, they they uh, get help there. So we'll see how that goes. Offensive line, uh, we'll see how the offensive line goes. But uh, I think should be enough to help Trevor Lawrence. You know, Walker Little, Cam Robinson fight in training camp, I guess. Uh, Robinson is going to be suspended for a bit uh, for PEDs. So it's going to be on Walker Little to try to show that he can be the features. I don't think they're going to keep cam robinson after uh after this year because he's getting to be too expensive and everything so uh we'll see how that goes of course first round pick uh anton harrison probably be the right tackle so we'll see uh, if he's able to uh stay there if he ends up switching over to left tackle or something like that so be interesting to see there and you know a bit of questionable on the left guard side ben barch coming back from injury uh tyler shatley longtime uh backup now um, you know, sometimes starter, uh, having some, uh, heart rhythm issues. So, um, you know, obviously going to be out for a bit for that. So we'll see how the left guard, make sure your left guard, uh, depth there. So, uh, we'll see how they address that issue. And if that ends up being an issue during preseason. So looking forward to seeing how they do against the Cowboys starters will be in for, I think one or two series. So, uh, don't expect them being uh, too long, but we'll see if it looks like, um, they, you know, have chemistry on both sides of the ball, and uh, we'll see, um, you know, how the rest of the depth goes. But, yeah, looking forward to getting back to football here pretty soon and getting ready to start the regular season here in a few weeks. Yeah, next week we're we're going to preview the fall ball league because the draft will be coming up. Uh, the draft will be coming up uh, that following Sunday. The week after, we'll talk about what happened in the draft because i won't be around uh, on the 29th because i will be on a boat in the bahamas so we'll uh have a little bit of time in between there i don't know maybe you can go and get uh because that'll be daytona i think so if you get joe you guys could probably go and do the show or whatever we'll talk about that but yeah football is definitely coming up soon because now we're i mean i'm getting i don't know how many freaking emails a day uh football wise so it if if you're not a fan of if you're not a fan of it you better go and close your eyes because there's going to be plenty um but if you are like i am it's kind of a lot and you're just trying to take it all in so uh that's really where uh i am and i'm hoping 
to see. I mean, it's it's a great combination when your team, like for both of us, our teams have hope. Uh, that's not been the case at times for the last decade or two. Uh, so both our actual teams have hope, and then the fantasy team, of course, new season redraft, so you never know what can come from that. Let's move forward to the uh, picks here for this weekend. Uh, the IndyCar Gallagher Grand Prix at Indianapolis, the second IMS road course race of the season. Just as a, I mean, result there, I'm trying to go and see if they bring it. Yeah, they don't have any of that. No, of course, yeah. Pelot won earlier this year. Herda and Rossi won the races for Andretti in 22. Renus VK won in 21. Along with Will Power, Scott Dixon, and Scott Dixon won the 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 summer the summer race, and um, the Penske duo of Joseph Newgarden and Will Power uh, took the wins in the early event. There, Simon Pagano won in 2019. He's a Power and Pagano were the guys that dominated through 28 through 2019 or 20. Uh, then Joseph Newgarden was the first person not named Power or Pagano to win. Uh, since uh, 21, we've had a little bit more diversity in the winners. Um, entry list is probably is the usual suspect. Sands, of course. Simon Pagano, there's going to be news about Alio, which probably is. He's only going to either run ovals or he's only going to run Indy, uh, probably, which will open up a seat for who knows whether it's Tom Blumquist. Uh, more than likely is going to take over one of the seats. And with Linus Lundqvist making a second consecutive start, I would venture to say that if he isn't getting calls from the likes of Chip Ganassi or Michael Andretti or Ray Hall, that he's probably a likely fit as well. So I figure those news stories are going to come along. Of course, they're waiting on uh, the moves with Alex Pillow and um, and, uh, Marcus Erickson first before all these other dominoes kind of start dropping there. I'm going to go and um, I'm not sure who went first the last time, but I'll, uh, I'm trying to figure out what the results, their results have been at IMS per over the years, Indianapolis GP. Yeah. So NTT IndyCar series, zero active drivers. So um, I don't know if you have, do you have anybody that you want to pick as a favorite or you have your guys or Josh? Uh, I mean, it's hard to go against Alex Pillow, especially, you know, at uh, Indianapolis uh, this year, you know, he's been pretty good on the road courses overall. And um, the only hiccups have been on strategy and, you know, he's still been pretty strong uh, overall. So it's, you know, it's hard to go against him here uh, at the IMS road course um, wild card. Um, yeah, you know, I'm gonna go with Linus Lindquist. Why not? You know, as um, you know, he's gonna have another ride, another drive in uh, the 60 car, and um, you know, want to see how he does on a on a road course. He has a street oval experience now, and um, I know the 60 isn't the best, but you know, he um, seemed like he was doing a good job otherwise until you know exiting early out of Nashville. So I want to see how he can do on road course. So I'll pick him as my wild card this week. Yeah, solid pick. Makes a lot of sense there. Uh, 
if they have pace like they had last week, it's not out of the realm. Uh, he's done well there in, in the uh, road indie, so not like any as being the fact he has experience there, it fits, it gives him more of a chance. I'm going to go, I was thinking going one way, but I'm actually going to go with Christian Lundgaard. Um not because, you know, they've been like all really amazing on road courses in general, but they've shown pace here in the last few races. Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, uh, of course, on the street courses, they were nowhere. And then he won Toronto. Uh, Graham Green Rehall uh, qualified on the front row at Mid-Ohio. And so, I mean, there's there are signs. And as I mentioned earlier, Lundgaard has um, had a great runs there he qualified on pole i think earlier this year he qualified on pole uh, he had uh he's had two top fives and three top tens on this track in uh his limited starts there so i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with christian lundgaard to win let me just put that in there christian lundgaard to win and then my wild card pick, the stupid thing, racing reference is so bad. Um, uh, point standings, oh, we have yeah, 27 guys that were running the whole year, but now he hasn't, so it kind of narrows that down. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, I'll go with Callum Eilat, why not? Um, they've kind of fallen off recently, the Junkos Hollander, but team, I lot, uh, wild card, but I mean, it's a place where now he's had multiple reps there. They have good data. It could be an opportunity for them to get some, make up some points. They're in a tight battle with VK, Green Rehaul. Um, they're only a few points separating those three guys, so... And then also looking at the trying to keep the leader circle uh, situation, you're trying to make sure that you get in the top 24, which I think right now that the 24th car would be the Meyer Shank 60 car. So, uh, or thereabouts, and then Augustin Canapino, they're all trying to go and make that happen as well. All right, and uh, so let's go to, we'll start with trucks. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen's going to make his oval pavement oval debut at at IRP in a truck, the T Sport 200, 39 trucks for 36 spots. Um, I'm not sure points wise how that will work out, but Shane Van Gisbergen, I assume, would have points if it becomes an issue to if there's any type of weather. Uh, you have. Uh, William Sawalish in the one, Landon Lewis making another start in the 0-4 for Roper, Lane Riggs driving for Spire, let's see, um, Greg Van Alst will be running the 20 for Young's Motorsports, Logan Bearden for AM Racing in the 22, Chris Hacker in the 30 for On Point, and I mentioned SVG, Chad Chastain will be in the 44, Jack Wood in the 51, Tyler Hill running the family uh, 56 truck. They don't have anybody listed on the 61. Uh, Connor Jones running for uh, Thor Sport 
Armani Williams running the G2G Rent-A-Rec. Uh, first race of the playoff, too, so that's that's another another thing. So reset driver points just to go over that. Corey Heim leads, starts with an eight-point lead over Zane Smith and a nine-point lead on Carson Hosevar. And he's got a... Eckes is fourth, minus 11. Grandenfinger, minus 13. Ty Majeski, um, minus 16. Ben Rhodes, Nick Sanchez round out the eight. They'll only eliminate two to start. I think they eliminate, yeah, they eliminate two in each round. So right now, D. Benedetto and Matt Crafton are minus 28, three points out of the cut line with the least amount of bonus points uh, going in there. I'll start with the race itself for the this week. In terms of a winner, I and hmm. you know what I it it kind of has a similar feel to what happened last year, where Ty Majeski and and Grant Infinger, both of those guys, kind of started going on a run during the playoff. Grant Infinger won this race last year, um, but I'm going to go with Ty Majeski. Uh, Majeski's been close here recently. He's been the most consistent driver that hasn't won a race. I think it's time for him and Thor Sport and essentially a sponsored owner sponsored race to go and get that victory, lock himself in to the round of six. Uh, I think that would be a good deal for him. He's been winning plenty in his super, so I think it would be time for him to win in a truck. My wild card pick for this race. Uh, I'm going to go with Lane Riggs because he's every time he's been in a truck, he's shown really good pace and he's had, I mean, I think he's been close uh, considering and the Spire trucks have been shown up with Bono Manion with a lot of pace when uh, they've been able to make the show. So I think those are the picks I would have for uh, trucks at irp then um so i said uh time Ajeski to win lane rigs uh, wild card and uh yeah so i put my name there and then in terms of who i think will make the final four uh honestly i have a hard time believing that uh those top three guys i don't think i Hosevar, is feeling really good right now. Uh, it's the best that Nice has looked since Chastain tried to make that Hail Mary run with them a few years ago. Zane Smith, as much as there's been issues, uh, it, some inconsistency, Zane Smith is one of the better drivers in this series, period. Uh, they want him, I'm sure, for with the way things have been going in Cup and in Xfinity. I think they want him to have a chance to go and get another title and Corey Heim even missing a race uh, still won the regular season title so he's been it really consistent the next big thing for Toyota which doesn't usually count for a lot because they don't have enough vehicles I think those three guys are going to make the final four at Phoenix the fourth person that is going to make the final four I believe will be and I guess it it fits I wanted to go Sanchez, but I'm going to go with Majeski because the way the playoffs work or the kind of tracks they have, it 
suits his, his suits Ty Majeski and Ty Majeski's driving style uh, to go and make make the round to make that final round. Uh, he's done shown well on one and a half mile tracks. He's been able. He's a freaking short track uh, master. So I think that's who's going to make it. He was the most, and I mentioned most consistent driver that hadn't won a race this year. So it's a good time to go and do that. Uh, Josh, uh, who are you picking for this week and at IRP? And then who is your final four prediction? I, I think IRP this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Corey Heim, start out the playoffs, get a win, uh, set the tone for how the playoffs uh, are going to go. And uh, my wild card, I'm going to go with the guy making his oval debut, Shane Van Gisbergen. I want to see how he does on the oval. I think he he might have a good chance in a, a good car with Nice. But um, I I think you know I, I'm interested to see how his you know opportunity in this goes, and you know it might be a um, you know might be an indicator of how he does in Cup if he decides to come here full time. But so we'll see. Um, my final four. I mean, uh, I think I'm going to go with. You know, Corey Himes, Zane Smith, Carson Hosevar, I think that's pretty easy. I think those are the guys top three right now. Uh, and then my uh, fourth guy, I'm going to go with uh, Grant Enfringer. Um, he's, you know, quietly been doing well, you know, this year, only in fifth place in the standings. But, you know, he actually has a fairly solid statistical record this year. So um, 9.4 average start and finish. So, very very consistent and um you know i think he's a little bit more consistent than the some of the even some of the guys in the current top four right now so uh, i'll go with him as my guy in the fourth spot so um exciting to see how the truck series will play out you know this uh playoffs and you know i want to see you know if these young guys and maybe a couple of veterans here can go mix it up and you know see who wins the title in phoenix yeah, definitely. And uh, round this first round of the playoffs, they're going to run uh, IRP on Friday, this coming Friday. Then they'll take a couple weeks off, 16 days before they end up racing at the Milwaukee Mile. I think that's the day after uh, the Daytona uh, finale, the regular season finale, If of course, with weather holds off. And uh, then they'll have another off week, and they'll run at Kansas to end the first round. Then uh, they'll they'll have a short break. They'll race six days later at Bristol to start the second round, have an off week, go to Talladega, have two more off weeks, go to Homestead, another off week, and go to Phoenix. So very uh, stop-start um, playoff uh, situation outside of the back-to-back races at Kansas and Bristol here in the middle of the playoff, essentially. So you're going to lose track of the trucks because, frankly, that's just how they schedule them for whatever reason. I don't know why they insist on having to finish it at Phoenix. I don't know why they insist on starting at Daytona um, and then have in Vegas and then before they actually start really racing. Uh, they don't have to do that, but that's NASCAR for you. We'll uh, move on to the Xfinity series, the Pennzoil 150 at uh, the IMS Road Course. 
Yeah, Catherine, like I mentioned, isn't going to be in the race. Uh, they said, uh, I read Camden, not Camden Murphy. I forget who they said on uh, Twitter, but whatever, who cares? Um, yeah, Perkins is a different sponsor, Weatherman. Uh, trying to see here. AJ Allmendinger will be in the 10. Keebler Gibbs will be in the 19. Uh, Connor Mozak will be in the 24. Uh, that, uh, I forget what's that guy. They um, said that uh, we'll be in the 34. The same guy who showed up for Chicago. Uh, yeah, Camden Murphy. Yeah, he's in the 08. And then uh, what's it called? Is I the guy that showed whatever that? Who knows if they're even gonna make the race? Um, LeBay will be driving for Emerlin Gase this weekend. Balicki in the 36 for DGM. The Connor Daly be in the Alpha Prime 44. Sage Caramel be in the Alpha Prime 45. Preston Pardis trying to make the show with his family team. Uh, 53 didn't have anybody listed on the entry list as of yet. Will Rogers will be in the 66 for Carl Long. Miguel Paluto making another start for JRM in the 88. Ross Chastain will be in the 91. With uh, for DGM with uh, Skip Barber Racing School on the side, so three cup regulars in in the show for this weekend. Couple other guys who are not getting uh, points for the Xfinity Series uh, based on the picks. Josh, uh, get first dibs at this. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to go with AJ Allmendinger. You know, he's been. This is uh, you know, a track that he's been really good at, of course, one of the Cup Series. They ran here for the first time in 2021, so uh, I'll go with AJ winning the race uh, here. And then you know, I'm going to go with uh, Sage Karam again with my wild card pick. Um, of course, when they ran at Road America, had a shot uh, coming with Tudico to win the race and um, was up there. So I think Sage you know, is really starting to figure out um, – you know, these stock cars and Xfinity series. So, um, yeah, I think he has a good chance here this weekend to, you know, be a, you know, competitive entry, um, here on the road course. Yeah. You'd, you would assume with the extra added, uh, data with, uh, Connor Daly as well, being there, Connor and Sage knowing each other very well, I think that should help the team. Um, they haven't had as much pace this year, but, I think it's an opportunity. Karam coming off of racing for the Sam Hunt team and showing his prowess at Road America, as you said, Josh, and then jumping into Carl Long's car last week and being able to get it in the show and running the whole race uh, is picking up experience as he goes along here. So uh, definitely good thing to uh, see. Uh, for me, I'm going to pick Keebler. Gibbs to win because he's shown over time he's pretty solid in a road on road courses in an Xfinity car uh, is going to use that experience there as well probably going to qualify well I would think um, otherwise for the wild card uh, the wild card I'm going to go with I can't even use that as a wild card um, I'm I'm going to go with you know what uh, yeah, I'll go with Preston Partis. Um If they can, it is a wild card because he has to make the show on time. Uh, if it gets, if it's wet, I'm sure he'll have a better chance anyway. But 
he needs to make the show on time and they are a very small outfit but Preston Partis is a really solid racer um knows his way around uh a road course with uh the MX5 cup so uh, he's definitely somebody that if he can get in the show and they get a decent pit crew i think he could compete for top 15 finish at least on Saturday at the IMS road course okay so let's move lastly to the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard uh, more than likely the last time they'll be racing uh, on the road course at IMS for Cup, I hope. Um, there are 39 cars. And no DN, nobody's going to DNQ. Uh, Chastain with Worldwide Express, Syndric Discount Tire, Harvick will be running a throwback to, Kevin, uh, to Tony's last... Uh, race at indianapolis mobile one scheme uh this weekend brad keselowski run socios gainbridge for the seven and lajoy three chi for kyle bush the great ford uh sponsorship on eric almarola if you needed to wonder what he drives uh yahoo will be on hamlin menards and atlas for blaney highpoint.com for chase briscoe Jensen Button will also be running a Mobile One uh, car. Castrol Edge will be back on Busher's car this weekend, along with uh, for auto owners insurance for Martin Truex. Uh, PSC Industries, Johns Manville, and Ream will be on Christopher Bell's. Uh, Dex Imaging, the printer mobile uh, for taking Scott McLaughlin's uh, verbiage or printer machine. Uh, Bubba Walsh, Money Lion, Raptor Tough for William Byron, Leaf Filter for Justin Haley, Horizon Hobby for Michael McDowell, Generator Skills for Todd Gilliland, Purdue University for Ryan Priest, uh, Sirius XM Radio for Tyler Reddick. Oh, they're actually running Frosted Flakes this weekend on O. Richard's car. Oh, so that's a missed opportunity. They could have run Terry Labonte's old Frosted Flakes scheme. Uh, Camping World and Andy Lally will be on the 51. Monster Energy will be on the 54 for Keebler. Uh, Kamui Kobayashi will have Eric Phillips as his crew chief. This weekend, Toyota Genuine Parts. Ty Dillon will have Ray's T. Josh Balicki has his usual uh, Ziegler Auto Group on the Live Fast 78. SVG will have Enhanced Health again. On his 91, Darian Grubb will be his crew chief again. Freeway.com for Suarez. Brody Kostecki will be in the 33 car um, as listed or mentioned a few weeks ago. All right, so for me, uh, definitely going to bring up the fact that you have, like we brought it up earlier, you have SVG trying to go two for two in a cup car. Yeah, Brody Kostecki was competing against him in the supercars for the championship this year in an RCR car. And RCR has shown in the, with this next gen that they've been really good uh, on the road courses. And uh, when Kyle Busch isn't hitting the fence, he's pretty fast. Uh, you have Kamui Kobayashi making his stock car debut and uh, driving for 2311, which their equipment is pretty solid. Toyotas have been hit or miss depending truex did win at snoroma and uh you know there's the they've had 
various results. So you never know. But it's a very short amount of practice. So asking a guy who's basically spent his whole entire career in single-seaters to jump in a cup car and learn it in 20 minutes outside of Sims uh, is asking a lot, but we'll see. Uh, trying to go through here. I mean, yeah, Lally has had a lot of experience in Cup, so we'll see what happens with him. And Jensen Button, various uh, deals there. He's running well at Chicago, and he got moved by Christopher. He got run over by Christopher Busher, and that ruined his run. So who knows what he can do on a permanent road course? Uh, what is it? When he ran at Dakota, he got he got destroyed. So we'll see. They've moved the. Uh, They've moved the restart zone back towards that final S curve or whatever before they enter the front straightaway. I would have been like, they should just do the restarts in, you know, in IndyCar turn one and go opposite. I don't think it really affects anything that much if they just decided to take the restarts in the middle of the corner there. It would have been cleaner. Um, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I'm not supposed to know anything worse. But um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and pick I, I wanna I really well, you know what? I'll do that this way then. So I'm gonna go with AJ Allmendinger to get the win because he needs the win to guarantee a playoff spot. He could point his way in, but it is AJ. You never know with him. Uh he could fry himself out or he could go out there and set the world ablaze and win another time at indianapolis and that would be a second win in a cup car there and he would lock himself into the playoffs and my wild card not svg even though it's probably the one everybody's going to go with uh i'm going to go with brody kostecki because the guy does have stock our experience he ran in the knn west series a few years ago he's somebody who has spent a lot of time here in the states racing so he's not completely unfamiliar add the fact that this car considering what svg did i would venture to say that brody kostecki has a lot of similarities with the sim game with svg and having a lot of experience in that driving different types of vehicles i think it's the perfect storm for uh, brody to go out there and put on a good show um, as long as he doesn't get completely destroyed uh, on restarts. So I think that's those will be my choices there. Uh, Josh, you get the close on um, the uh, picks here at IMS Road Course for this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I'm going to go with SVG this weekend to win. Uh, I think, you know, he's got a really strong car based on, I mean, how he, how he did Chicago, but, um, you know, I think it's a chance for him to, you know, prove that, you know, he belongs in the cup series. And, uh, I think, you know, he's got a real good shot to, to win this weekend. I think 91 will be fast. It'll be a little bit tougher, I think, because they've been to Indianapolis before. And, um, you know, I don't think there will be really any, um, you know, weather issues here this weekend. So, uh, It'll be a little bit tougher there. I think he had that advantage of um, knowing street course technique and, uh, you know, knowing how to race in the rain versus um, the cup cars and the, you know, um, intricacies of that. But I still believe, you know, he's going to be really good this weekend. So I'm going to go with him. Um, wild card, well, 
you know, I'm going to go with uh, the other ringer here and that we haven't talked about really, but I'll go with uh, Kamui Kobayashi. Um, seemed like, you know, in testing, he's been really good. Um, and I think, you know, 23-11, um, you know, they Tyler Reddick was good, uh, you know, and uh, Kota, and, I mean, he's probably a good pick too, but um, someone who's really, really, you know, known for being good at road racing, uh, Kamui Kobayashi, um go with him as a wild card this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I think we, after we somehow or another did not, we referenced that SVG was in the race and then completely missed, and then the bastard went and destroyed everybody. No offense to him, but he absolutely whooped them. We made sure to go over all the all the ringers this week, even the ones that probably aren't going to really feature but yeah i mean if kamui i mean i would be i ashi wild card if i mean that would be the one that would be the biggest uh surprise because of his relative lack of experience in a closed in a in a door car uh basically he's been in open wheels he's been in a in prototypes for so many years formula one and now in World Endurance Championship. I'm not sure if he ran Super GT offhand, but that would be the closest, and that's definitely nowhere like uh, driving a cup car. So uh, curious to see what he does. It's going to be cool to see uh, having international and more international drivers having some level of diversity is a good thing. All righty then. So, Josh, uh, you had a week away so uh, let us know what was going on, uh, what's going on in the world of uh, iRacing and what your plans are for this coming weekend in terms of the sim segment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, uh, getting back into it, of course, after, you know, a week away uh, on iRacing uh, or from iRacing. But, um, of course, you know, you got the uh, Cup stuff and Xfinity stuff this week at uh, IMS at on the road course. So, Definitely try to get one, at least one in on both of those. Um, I, you know, I definitely like the Indy Road Course and uh, definitely um, enjoy running around there. Um, on you know, on the, uh, especially on the Cup car, I think it's definitely handles really good. The Xfinity one will be a little bit more, a little bit more tougher uh, since it you know drives more more like a stock car than the Cup car actually does on road course. Uh, so uh, that should be fun. Um, Talladega for the 87 car, uh, which that should be also pretty fun. Of course, I think I'll try to try to get on that one at least one time um, on the road course, you know, actual road car side. Um, we've got uh, Touring Car Challenge at Okayama International Circuit, uh, Formula Fords at Summit Point, uh, Formula IR at uh, Road America, um, um, Michelin Pilot Challenge at uh, Virginia International uh, Raceway. Um, Global, yeah, MX-5s at Rudskogan Motor Center. Uh, so that should be interesting. Um, Formula V at Summit Point as well. So, yeah, definitely uh, a lot of a lot of uh, opportunities for road racing as well. Um, also, iRacing is a special event uh, series that they're doing for the 
um, some cars that have been around as long as the service for their 15th anniversary. So uh, this week we've got on the roadside the 15th anniversary Pontiac Solstice Challenge on the Sakuba Circuit. So um, one of the more entry-level cars. Uh, I think it's slower than the MX-5, so uh, definitely a little bit low on power, but it's uh, one of one of their 15th anniversary series that they're doing. And then on the other end, they have uh, the 15th anniversary uh, Legends uh, Ford Coupe uh, racing on Oxford Plains uh, short track. So Legends car is also one of the uh, entry-level series uh, on iRacing that you know, have been around for a long time, as long as the service has been around. So, of course, yeah, iRacing celebrating its 15th anniversary now, uh, having been on for uh, since 2008. So uh, glad I've been able to play it for a while now. So, um, of course, a great great service of course and uh being able to uh do a whole bunch of things like winning the indy 500 and you know being able to do all all sorts of sim racing events uh on there so of course um glad to be on on uh be able to participate on that um also downloaded a kart racing game called kart racing pro which i've had the demo for many years but have never bothered to pay the full 40 bucks for it but you know i've trying to get more into karting and um trying to from what i've read this game is probably the most accurate in terms of kart physics and so it had a lot of selection for different levels of um um you know engine power with you know going from electric to junior karts to you know um basically uh pro level karts uh, similar to what I went out uh, and did at Bushnell a couple weeks ago, so want to try to get more practice and try to try to get you know improve uh, where I can, especially under braking. So uh, try to um, run some on that. Um, although I did find out that R Factor Two has a kart sim uh, expansion pack as well, and then I found out that somebody recreated the uh, Orlando Kart Center. So. Um, I have to might have to get that one too, especially Orlando's nearby. So, um, and definitely try to improve there. Um, you know, with um, you know my off time, so actually be able to run. It'll be like how the Cup guys or whatever train on iRacing or whatever and uh, race race on there and then go racing in real life. And now it's like, well, might might have this game that I can actually go race the track in real life in carts. So that might be interesting. So I might have to explore that opportunity as well. Um, and then I guess there's a movie coming out this weekend, Gran Turismo. Um, that's coming out this weekend, I think. So um, I haven't seen like the reviews yet on if people who actually think it's going to be a good movie, but I've seen the trailer and, you know, I, you know, obviously we've all probably played Gran Turismo and um, it's probably based on their, you know, real life, uh you know competitions that they do so that should be you know interesting how they adapt the video game like that to uh to the movies so probably we'll try to go see that one this weekend um if possible so um yeah i mean glad to uh be back on home after you know being on vacation and everything and uh you know glad to be able to get back into i racing so you know, hopefully have op you know some time to be able to do that you know this weekend this weekend throughout you know throughout the uh whole time so um yeah thanks to joe for co-hosting last week for me so glad able will do that and um thanks for being a great friend to us as well so uh thanks for that and then of course uh follow 
me on Twitter, JP Helfine, and uh, Twitch uh, TV slash UCLA2, and go on there and you know watch all my streams. Maybe maybe I might try to stream something this weekend. We'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, of course, um, follow our YouTube channel uh, at Gripshire Podcast and go on there and see all our views and everything and see all our videos that we posted from last year up until now. So go on there and like, comment, and subscribe if you wish. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's it, of course. And of course, thanks to Phil uh, uh, being able to you know host and everything and being able to continue on without me last week, of course. But I'm always glad to be able to get back on and, and be able to do that. So um, yeah, that's, that's it for me this week. And you know, hopefully we have a exciting weekend of racing with basically triple header at uh, the Annapolis Motor Speedway between IndyCar and NASCAR. Yeah, I hope so too. It's a good weekend. Uh, probably last time they'll do it in this format, uh, but it might lead to Xfinity going back to IRP and putting it back the way it was, which worked for over two and a half decades or whatever it was. Uh, for me, you can find me at PGMatthew28 on Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it. You can find us at Gripstrip Pod on on here. If you know, if you listen to podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find the Gripstrip Podcast. You can be on. Uh, you can find it on my uh, blog site, philipgmatthew.com, uh, or else Apple and Podbean, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, the YouTube page where we have the video feeds. I'll be uh, coming back this week uh, with Josh being back, and uh, it's good to have the regular crew back, having uh, your perspective on uh, all different areas of motorsport. Want to make sure we keep the show going, but it's always good when we're doing it. It's the way we've done it for the better part of 181 episodes, so we don't really want to change that um, for sure. Uh, We will be back next week for episode 182 of the GSP, talking about all things Indianapolis and the other racing that took place this past weekend or for SRX and NHRA, more football talk probably because we're getting close to the draft, our, the fantasy draft for fall brawl, and uh, we will um, bring it back and see what's going on with that. So um, for everybody who listens and subscribes, thank you for that. And uh, we'll be back next week for episode 182 of the Richard Podcast. Take care and goodbye.